I watch people struggle so much with feeling that they have to count calories, they have to read packages and stick to strict numbers. You actually don't have to do it. Welcome to another episode of this show. My name is Erika and I will be the host for this conversation with Gillian Killiner. She is a dietitian and she helped thousands of people optimize their diet and health. Gillian has a deep passion in making the difference at scale. She has now joined Caroline Girvan's YouTube Fitness Coach channel with more than 1.1 million subscribers to advise the community on nutrition. As ever, this episode is sponsored by 33 Fuel Natural for Nutrition. So if you're looking to bring your performance and recovery to the next level, naturally, go to 33fuel.com. In the meantime, enjoy this conversation with Gillian Killiner. Welcome, Gillian. Uh, it's a, a real pleasure having you uh, as a guest. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today. Many thanks, Erica, for, for inviting me. <laughs> so um, you have been a successful uh, dietitian for 24 years. But what I find particularly fascinating is your own health journey. (laughs) Yes. um, For me, I was one of these people that always thought I was untouchable. I ate well. I uh, dealt with everything. I was the person that, uh, you know, I suppose I felt that uh, I helped fix others. So there was nothing that I needed to worry about myself. And then it all uh, fell a bit apart when I had my third child, I got quinzy in pregnancy. It kind of spiraled into destroying my thyroid. And I didn't actually want to think that I was ill. So I kind of let it go on and on. And then eventually I went to the GP and was like, I've really fatigued. I think I might have a vitamin D deficiency because it was real, uh, very much in the media at that time. That's 10 years ago. And actually, the GP was quite helpful, and he took a variety of bloods and uh, came back that I had an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's, and my thyroid wasn't working. So because I am a trained dietitian, I've worked in the NHS, I thought, well, okay, that's nice to know. Let's take the medication, which is uh, levothyroxine, and that will be it. And actually, sadly, it wasn't. There was a lot more that I needed to address and deal with in my health to optimize myself back to where I needed to be. And that included, you know, really readdressing um, not so much dietary things in in totality, but key specific stuff. So optimizing my vitamin D was essential. Um, Maybe looking at, you know, things like gluten and so on. So there was a a major shift in the way that I started to think about um, people with autoimmune conditions, chronic ill health, inflammation. And so um, that actually was where my business kind of came from, because I decided that actually there wasn't a lot of people doing what I do. And uh, I was able to fix myself. My autoimmune antibodies were up in 300 at the time of my diagnosis. And then I got them down to 12. So, you know, therefore, in tech, the, the terminology, it would mean that I was completely 
in remission, cured from the autoimmune side of things. Sadly, my thyroid didn't come back. Uh, it was completely gone. I'd had an ultrasound scan and that showed that that was no longer um, viable. So yeah, I now you know, fix lots of people with the same kind of um, areas that uh, they're struggling with and they can't get their finger on. Um, so that's that's me in a nutshell. You had a great success to improving your own health uh, through applying uh, your nutritional knowledge. Were your doctors surprised? Um, I think doctors and uh, general practitioners tend to be very interested, but obviously they're bound and uh, they have to follow guidelines and certain areas of health just don't get caught up with guidelines. And so therefore, sometimes things are behind in um, our current medical practice. And that's why I stepped outside and went round that to fix myself. I therefore, you know, am one of these people that looks at all the medical stuff. It's really valuable. It's really important to know the evidence-based stuff, but also to be able to implement maybe new technologies or new ideas or new science that's coming out and also take a look at that. And I work closely with bloods. And so therefore GPs and medical practitioners are really important to be part of that team so that we do work together. But yes, I do think there was a bit of skepticism that I was going in the right direction at the beginning until I went back and they were like, oh, you're a different person. And I'm like, yes, I feel so much better. So yeah, I think um, if, you can, if you can show people and certainly medical practitioners that uh, things can actually succeed by using diet and lifestyle and health changes, then uh, they're open to, to suggestions like that going forward. One of the messages that, that you spread out is listen to your body. And I find it really interesting because listen to your body is, uh, is a very simple message, but it's very, very difficult to do. I think this is what happens to a lot of people. We actually don't listen. We know that we may be not sleeping well. We know that uh, we might be feeling um, low in mood or reaching for the sugar or reaching for the coffee or reaching for the alcohol to keep us propped up. And we just ignore it because we know that that's getting us through each day. And for me, actually, the catalyst was that I was so I was you know, emotionally drained, physically drained. Uh, I had three small children under the age of four. I was really, you know, dealing with a lot going on. And uh, that's why I kind of thought, right, I can't keep going on feeling like this. So I went to, to, to actually, I did think it was a vitamin D issue. I didn't think of anything more significant at that point. But once I heard that, yes, I needed to deal with my health in a bigger scale, that really was the catalyst for me to, to, to address all those things that I was experiencing. Um, I was having things like brain fog. I was coming to uh, clinical work, you know, fired up, working away, but then I'd collapse afterwards in terms of, you know, the ability to keep going. I did have, uh, you know, the need to go to bed early and I, I, you just don't, you ignore these things thinking it's just life, but actually it's not. And you, you should, and if you are suffering, then uh, you shouldn't ignore it. But it's, I think the number one thing is don't shut it away and think it's going to go away. What ends up happening is you just get sicker 
and sicker and more things start to fall apart. I always talk about people being like an orchestra. And if the if the violins are off key, then, you know, it's going to all sound bad. So if we can fix one part, then your body is in harmony and it, it sounds lovely. Whereas all these things that go wrong, it's a it's a terrible noise and uh, it's, it's awful to not feel good. Uh, another of your messaging that I find that really strong is don't give up. And I think in, uh, it's very important because uh, especially uh, in the today's society where it looks like the quick fix, you know, everything is immediate gratification, immediate result, next day delivery, you know, a silver bullet to fix anything. It's just like, it's uh, kind of obvious and uh, in by reality, what you need to do to achieve anything is just turning up, keep doing it and never give up. So I love this message to don't give up. And what does it mean for you that don't give up? Is such a valuable and really important part of it all. And I think society has also led to us being quite... Um, yeah, needy in um, feeling that if we don't achieve what everybody else seems to achieve in a week, well, we're failures. And actually, that is so not the case. And it is about consistency. It is about trying things and making it work for a period of minimum two months, because our bodies take a while to adjust. And then what you want to do is reassess. So definitely, when I see people in my practice as a dietitian, we make sure that we do something and we do it for six to eight weeks consistently. And then if it's not working, then you will change it up. There's nothing about failure. It's just working with you as an individual to work out what are these areas that you need to tweak. And it's tweaking that works long term, because once you've established a core kind of routine where you are enjoying yourself again, you can manage the things that you've implemented, taking the time to you know, put them in over a period of time, not all at once, which is a major problem that people love to do, is create even more stress and pressure and put you know, five or six different things that they want to change and they do it all in the same day. And then they haven't got a clue what's working and what's not. So it's all about being strategic, putting things in, keeping it going for a while, reassessing, and then tweaking. And, and our bodies actually then you know, like to be challenged. That's what we are, our dest, you know, our predecessors went through life and, and they didn't sit around uh, just chewing uh, chicken drumsticks. They um, went out and had to fight and um, uh, hunt for things. So yes, there was an element of, um, people talk about uh, these hunter-gatherers and how that's the most wonderful thing and we should all go back to that. They did die early. They didn't have the most enjoyable life. Um, but at the same time, they had the mechanisms of that fight and flight response. And that's what we sometimes overlook in our own natural bodies. We do need to change it up once we've um, established something. But sometimes people just go one end of the spectrum to the other and they don't come back into the middle. And that's the bit that um, I think we need to always focus on. Being able to, to come back into the middle of what is working for you and not feel like you have to put yourself under a, a you know an endurance that's going to be painful 
it, it can be nice and enjoyable and uh, they shouldn't feel guilty. I'm actually very excited for you because now I know that you are also working as a nutritionist, nutritionist advisor uh, with Carolina Girvans. She is a, a brilliant, I find a brilliant online personal trainer. And I have been using her YouTube videos epic uh, through lockdown. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, she has 1.1 million subscribers. Uh, she's doing a great job mm -hmm. uh, to put so much value out there. It must be so really nice to be involved with a big community. Um, as this gives you the possibility to make the difference in such a scale. Absolutely. It's been um, wonderful to have um, been invited by Caroline to come on board and uh, really just assist with the day to day questions. And, and um, I do uh, five o'clock in the uh, Friday evening slot where I answer questions and it's kind of a live session, but it's me typing on my keyboard rather than me chatting because it can become, uh, I think, too focused on one person whereas when I'm doing the typing I can at least answer at least 20 30 40 questions in an hour whereas I know for a fact that if I was sitting chatting away to you know it would only be five or six people that get the benefits so um, that's a nice part of the community and and it really does help I think um, ground ground people into knowing that they don't have to do something that's very difficult it is a matter of just getting started and enjoying her Caroline's workouts and then also eating and thinking about the foods and making them as healthy choices but also um, good quality it's all about quality nutrition as well uh, and that's really important and if they need to take um, additional proteins or things that I can guide them with with that as well what is wonderful to see and that's why I like being part of it is that people are succeeding they're successful and they are showing their pictures of their journey but the other major thing is their journey has taken six to 12 months it hasn't been look at me two months later and I'm you know this size and now I'm this size unrealistic stuff is so disappointing but it's wonderful that the people that are showing up their pictures are actually genuinely saying it's taken you know six to 12 months to to, to have made these changes uh, this community it, it's incredible because it can really give it to you the opportunity to speak with more people you have such a mm -hmm. beautiful knowledge mm -hmm. and your approach mm -hmm. is food first Yes, is, true. Which are the most common pain points that you find that people have with nutrition? So I think this one um, is the big one. And I actually did address it in a video, which is on my YouTube channel. And it's all about macros and myth busting macros, because I also am part of different communities or different Facebook groups and so on. And I watch people struggle so much with feeling that they have to count calories, they have to read packages and stick to strict numbers, and they don't actually work. Not you know, of, yes, people do very well on them. That I already I cover off on. If you're a counter of calories and protein and fats, etc., and that works for you. I'm not going to take that away from you. But if you're someone that struggles and it's just become an ordeal and you feel like it's a battle that 
is not working, you actually don't have to do it. It's not an essential criteria to be healthy. In fact, why are you reading packaged label foods anyway? That signifies that you haven't got the message that it should be natural, healthy foods that don't tend to have packaged labels on them. If you're eating a good quality piece of meat or protein from nuts and seeds or um, vegetables, they don't tend to have huge amounts of uh, other ingredients and therefore not huge amounts of nutritional labeling. So that would worry me that when people start to just be package based, that's very much a wrong direction. But it is, I do feel sometimes um, that uh, people get too fixated with calorie counting and, and nutrient counting and they don't, they miss the point. Now, in saying that, it is good to know what a portion of chicken or fish or protein is, because I think women especially under eat valuable protein sources, thinking that that isn't, you know, that shouldn't be for them. They shouldn't be able to eat such a big portion. And actually, you know, a good portion of chicken, fish, eggs, tofu, whatever their protein source is, if they don't have a clue what they're doing, then yes, have a look, weigh out a piece of meat or chicken or tofu or beans, pulses, do that for one or two goes and get a visual and then leave that behind and start using their new, their intuition. If they, if they are able to do that now, intuitive eating is something that I do promote. And as long as the person is able to relax around food, visualize food, smell their food, ensure that it's um, something that they take time to eat, then their brain and gut start to work together and go, yeah, I'm full. But 90% of the people that I see try to eat healthy and they're sitting at their desk and they're wolfing it in or they're sitting in front of their TV and they're wolfing it in and they haven't got often a very good understanding of what they've just consumed. And therefore, you know, they go on to overeat and, and that's the vicious circle that's created. Now, that's a blanket statement. I don't mean to tar everyone with the same brush, but, uh, you know, that is a very common problem that I see people asking about macros and calorie counting and can you work out what you need? And, and sometimes I just say, take a step back and just start eating good quality, nutrient rich foods and take it from there. And if you then, as I say, in six to eight weeks time, are really still not getting the the, the the balance right, then maybe it's time to start looking at uh, a few areas that they need to address and tweak it. A quick word from our sponsors. The most excellent, most wonderful, most natural 33 Fuel Natural Sports Nutrition. When you're looking for the best possible nutrition products for your performance, your health, and your well-being, get yourselves over to 33fuel.com. And now, let's get back to the show. Uh, if someone makes a significant change in their training or training goal. Do you think they should change or adapt their nutrition to match? Um, certainly, you would want to look at a baseline plan of what they're currently doing. So some people are very, very good at the sports stuff and the exercise and the training, and they kind of think that the food will carry them through. And actually, I do see a lot of people for performance purposes, and you want to nail down, you know, the benefits of the nutrition as 
best you can. And then actually that can be fluid and flexible to meet your demands, depending whether you're doing a marathon or you're doing a CrossFit or you're doing a Caroline Gervin workout. And that is why going back to my previous answer, you don't tracking calories uh, every day statically doesn't always work for those types of people, because if it is a fluid workout and you are doing maybe, you know, 20, a, a 10K run one day, you may need more calories than when you're sitting on the sofa the next day. But you may be in um, a situation where your body's still metabolically active from the run the night before. So you still might need more energy. And so it becomes messy and complex if you don't know what you're doing. So sometimes it's easy to be simple do the exercise, but keep the nutrition good, focusing on the proteins, good carbohydrates, lots of fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, dairy, if you want dairy, non-dairy alternatives, making sure you've got your calcium, magnesium, potassium, all of those essential key electrolytes as well with you know your sodium. People actually sometimes go too strict with themselves and they miss the point of when they're sweating and they're active and they're in a hot country, they're actually excreting a lot of sodium and they need to replenish that um, for heart health or, you know, cellular uh, integrity and so on. So, you know, there's a lot of things that um, when you become too focused on one area, you overlook the, the rest of the nutrients. So once you get a good balance of, um, you know, a variety of nutrition every day, you shouldn't go too far wrong. Yeah, no, that uh, that make uh, make a lot of sense. Uh, um, but it's um, it's kind of interesting because deep down we all know that we should, uh, mm-hmm. you know, look at our our health, uh, eat well, eat fresh, uh, do exercise. Uh, um, maybe some in some cases work a little bit less hard, you know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. changing habits is so difficult what is your advice for people they are looking for making positive positive nutrition habit changes there's loads of them but the ones that i want to focus on would be the fact that um people are too strict first and foremost and they jump into you know the biggest restriction possible and then it's an epic fail and Two weeks later, they're starving, they're miserable, they want that pizza, They and then they go and sadly go the extreme, and the weekend is spent over excessive eating, drinking, whatever has been cut out, then comes back in. Again, that's a very generalized approach to what I've just said. That doesn't mean everybody's like that, but... For sure, if we do things that are too strict and too difficult, we don't tend to enjoy them long term. So my major focus is do things that are simple to change, but implement them in um, a period of time. We know that it takes seven attempts to change someone's like for something that they don't like. So let's say you don't like avocado and, you know, avocado has been popular everywhere about, uh, you know, avocado on toast, avocado with egg everybody eats it every minute of the day. So I get a lot of patients that come to me and go, I'd so love to eat avocado, but I don't know how. So, you know, it's picking something like that and going, right, well, it takes seven different attempts. You know, you have to try it again. And if you don't like it the way that it it comes in its natural form, then you can change it. So mash it, add some garlic, add some lemon juice, add some salt. So it's being clever, refiguring out what flavors that person likes and then implement it to that food group and then they might like to enjoy it 
Another area I think is uh, often overlooked when people are trying to make habit changes is that they don't actually give themselves the things that they like, but in the right amount. So, for example, I believe in the 80-20 rule. So you're eating 80% really nice foods, and then you can still have that bit of chocolate or, you know, if it's a birthday, have some birthday cake. Don't restrict to the point where you are not being part of a social group with your friends, your family. It's very disheartening to be standing there watching everybody else doing something that you want to do. You're better off to get involved, enjoy yourself, don't overindulge, don't over excessively eat. You know, what we have this um, habit of uh, with our uh, um, hormones, our serotonin, is that, you know, you open the floodgates and then it's like, oh, I need to keep eating. And we know we've got two releases of serotonin in the brain, but also in the gut. And if we love something in the and our brain is telling us we love it, it actually delays the serotonin release in our gut for longer. So it means that we have to keep eating more of it before we actually get the serotonin release to say, hey, we've just had enough. So it's a fascinating science behind how we get that dopamine release and reward to say, hey, guys, we've had plenty of this. I'm really happy now. It's, it's when we know in our brain that it's uh, something we enjoy, it actually slows the, the, uh, the release of it in our gut so we actually consume more. And that that's, can be a negative to people. So it's, it's managing that, knowing that we are all tempted by certain things and just factoring them in each day, meaning then that you're not going to have a massive binge in two weeks because you haven't been able to enjoy anything and it's become a, a complete misery or worrying and um yeah there's a lot of eating disorders i have found have come out of covid is it interesting that, that you're seeing eating disorders people that were at home what they do it's mm. or not eating or eating too much mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah eating um too much or a lot of young girls have gone on to whatever tiktok stuff and they're told to drink four gal- liters of water a day not to eat till three o'clock in the afternoon you know, they are brainwashed into thinking that they are, and now they're just in mess. They're so, it's awful. So, um, yeah, I'm seeing more and more of these kids coming to me, having watched all of this terrible stuff. And then they're watching YouTube all day, every day, people cooking and, you know, they won't eat, but they're watching other people cook and eat. And it's just terrible. Yeah. How do you explain to people how to change their diet, their daily diet? What do you do? You analyze medically what they are eating and you are providing a different menu? So um, usually what happens is when someone is looking to change their diet, whether it's for health reasons or whether it's for sport performance, I always ask them to complete a questionnaire and a seven-day food diary because it gives me the opportunity to see what they're doing during the week and if there's any major changes during the weekend because a lot of people find that you know they'll be so perfect and then it all goes wrong at the weekend. So it's really good to capture all of that. I also ask them in terms of additional things, what their exercise routines are, how much fluid they're drinking, is there caffeine involved, is there alcohol involved, how are they sleeping, do they have any gut issues? And that all gets compiled into you know a really nice piece of information for me. And then when we meet, we go through all of that detail, explore other avenues, um, possibly to check whether they do have any other additional problems that they hadn't even thought about. You know, some people have chronic diarrhea um, as a runner. Other people have a lot of bloating. Um, Other people just have 
poor, um, you know, uh, recovery, their DOMS is really unpleasant, or they um, have uh, fatigue all the time, and they just accept that. And that's what I fine tune for them. So we nitpick it all. I'm a detective when it comes to everything that needs to be addressed. And then we, we, we go through the motions of dealing with it in stages. So it's not too complex, not too difficult. They get to learn, you know, the importance of why are they eating like this? You know, if you take someone, for example, who misses a breakfast because they think fasting is good, but then they get to 11 o'clock in the morning and then they're down the coffee shop getting a massive uh, uh, milky coffee and um, donuts, then really you'd be better off to think, right, well, if this is becoming a problem, let's address it and let's maybe bring in a breakfast every now and again and see, does that change the way that you crave sugars or let's um, you know think about how much protein is actually in your day a lot of people as I say miss the whole side of the benefits of good quality protein and, and nutrients so it's tweaking all of them and taking them through a journey of understanding that it hasn't to be grueling it hasn't to be difficult it can be tasty using herbs and spices there's nothing forbidden it's just making sure that we use the right sources of fat rather than processed stuff and uh, really, I actually find that I liberate people in their diets rather than a lot of people think they're coming to me and they're going to be eating a lettuce leaf every day and that's going to be rubbish. And so when they actually get to speak to me and we go through the whole information, you can see the sigh of relief and they're going like, oh, wow, this sounds really good. Yeah, I love this. This is. And so when they come back to me, you know, a couple of weeks later, they're like, yeah, I can't believe how I feel. I'm sleeping so much better. I'm, you know, my hair's growing better. I'm able to work out better, you know, all these positive ticks in the box. And if we don't have um, the gut working well, we might do a bit of gut rebalancing and uh, the dysbiosis that they are experiencing then needs to be sorted before they can eat healthy. So as I say, there's lots of layers that you can do to um, bring somebody to a good place to get them optimal. And then the activity after that is critical, the sleep, the fluids. And uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's wonderful when you can bring it all together for someone. Uh, it's good uh, um, that you're giving this understanding that actually it's just a change of habit, choosing the right uh, food mm -hmm. for you. As you said, you can improve your sport performance through food, through diet. If you have to give three top, uh, top tips, uh, what you will say? So certainly for performance, I think a lot of people overlook um, their gut health. And we know that, um, and I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to gut health, it's my passion area as well as autoimmune issues. But um, we know that people who are fit, well, exercise, that they have a different gut diversity to someone who's sedentary. And we have um, different types of bacteria, we know, excuse me, Akamensia is a, a, a great bacteria that we know makes people um, who have, are quite active and exercise, if you've got a high level of that in your gut, that you actually can be more lean. It's uh, really a, a very useful piece of um, gut bacteria that we, we know is, is excellent for people who are active. Um, we also have the problem where I think uh, we touched on already that you know, people put up with a uh, gut dysbiosis so if you can really work on that that's that's important for for, for being um uh able to get 
to the next level. And then when you are feeling good, then you do want to focus on nutrition, nutrients, good quality, natural. And that's where food comes in. But we live in such a fast paced environment that a lot of people find it very difficult to go a couple of steps back and start creating things. So that's why I also then make sure that people don't feel that that's a negative and they can use certain, you know, uh, food things that are like your uh, even for you with your 33 fuel protein drinks and, and so on they're wonderful for people who are in that fast pace of life but want something that's as natural as possible um, and so using different um, useful tools will mean that uh, people can keep that going longer and be healthier for the whole plan is to keep it lifelong so it needs to be fitting with them which is the good food for gut wow that's a question because we've got so much uh we know the most obvious ones that people are trying to um, pack into their uh extra diets which do you know again it may put them off if they don't like it but fermented foods are fabulous for sure so we've got fermented uh sauerkrauts we've got uh, kefir we've got kombuchas and they've become a massive explosion on the market and you can make them yourself as well, which is wonderful. But if you're not that big a fan, you know, even just good old fruits and vegetables. Our recommendations in the UK are like three to five portions a day. And people don't even get that. Whereas actually, if you look in Europe and the, the Nordic countries, they are 10 portions of fruit and veg a day. So, you know, we are nowhere close. And that gives you polyphenols. It gives you antioxidants. It gives you fiber. It allows short chain fatty acids to be really rebooted uh, by the bowel and, and that's where we get 10% of our energy as well and you know there's so many benefits from things that we don't even you know recognize as being important and then you've got your high fiber carbohydrates you've got your seeds and nuts and uh, legumes and they all go into feeding that bacteria there's so many different ways that they do that and as long as you've got a good balance of all of those you're going to have a great gut diversity yeah, it's amazing. Uh, your immune system will be so strong, bulletproof mm. the real way. Absolutely. Very true. And you can measure that because, you know, for me, I actually you know, look back and because I had three children all quite close together, I remember thinking, you know, I went from one head cold to another after I had my third child and I just was under the weather. But you just get on with it and you think, oh, it's because, because, because. And you put a, an excuse down. I haven't had a head cold in years years and you know it's it's you can really know that when your um immune system is good you can tackle a lot lot more now i've got to say we had covid at christmas because my husband as i said is a gp and we, oh, yeah. we he he unfortunately uh picked it up from work um but we were very fortunate all of us just uh isolated sat in front of the tv for christmas didn't go anywhere you know we we took it low key because you were we were really sure that you know it's very hard to know at that point how ill you'd become and actually none of us a little bit of loss of taste and smell but yeah. other than that and fatigue but nothing more than that which we put down to hopefully you know being quite healthy and fit so um i have to say it's been a, a beautiful to have you on the show if any of our listener want to to reach you how they can contact you 
Yeah, um, thank you very much for having me. And for sure, they can contact me by finding uh, my website, which is www.121, and that's numbers121dietitian.com. Um, and or even just put my name into a search bar, Gillian Kellner, and that should show up all of my background and uh, details. And then, um, yeah, the if they want to email, I'll be more than happy to, to, to guide them. Fantastic. Gillian, it's been really, really nice to have you and uh, have a beautiful continuation of the day. And I hope to have you again as a guest soon. <laughs> Many, many thanks, Erica. It's been lovely to chat to you too. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love Gillian Killiner philosophy and approach to nutrition. If you wanted to get in contact with Gillian, please check out the notes below. And if you wanted to do a great straight workout, I advise you to go and check out Caroline Girvan's workout YouTube channel and her Facebook community where you can find Gillian Killiner. And as ever, this episode is sponsored by 33Fuel, the best award in natural sport nutrition. If you want to try it, just go to 33fuel.com. Stay tuned for the next one.